Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Wise. Really excited to be talking to you today about nutrition. This is a big subject and one that honestly many of us struggle with for sometimes our entire lives. And that is a really tough thing. And specifically for us, I feel like we might struggle with it because we are so sensitive and foods affect our bodies more, they affect our brains more. And because of that, we might have to be just a little bit more attentive and aware of how foods affect us. Just a quick reminder before we get into this episode where I'm going to be bringing you three tools to simplify your nutrition today is that prep school starts today. So if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out on May 18th, 2020, my five-day live free cooking and nutrition training, which is called prep school begins today. So you can actually join until May 22nd, 2020. We are going to be having five daily emails from the May 18th to May 22nd. And I'm also going to be putting people in a private Facebook group where we will be having live trainings done by me, two cooking demos, and it's going to be amazing. And prep school is going to be going in depth into nutrition and cooking and mindset, which are the three holistic components that I think make up a solid relationship with food for the rest of your life. One where you feel good, where you can reach your goals and I'm super passionate about it and I get questions all the time, especially now that we are in quarantine, many food issues might be popping up. And I talked in a past episode, a couple episodes ago, I will put it in the show notes about food struggles specifically for our type of sensitive person. And these food struggles can be really common sometimes. And today I'm going to be getting a little bit more practical, not as emotional, because I do think that it's beneficial to know nutrition science, nutrition principles, and to see how they can relate to our lives and then how we can take that information and implement it so that we can feel the way that we want to. As always, All the nutrition information that I share is not about necessarily changing your body, although if you want to, that's cool. I share this information because it has such a deep impact on the way we feel. It can be an amazing tool to get more focus, more clarity in your life, and it can also be something that can really honestly bring you down and make you feel foggy and gross and bloated. And like just even thinking about that right now, I don't like it because I've been there for so long in the past. And now I just am able to 
I'm in a place where like, I feel great. And I never thought that I would get to this place. And it's truly through nutrition education, through becoming a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, doing my own work, my own research, having extra certifications, and honestly doing all the cooking stuff that I've done, living in Italy, on the farms, and having a master's in this stuff, I know that it's a huge subject. And many people can get uh, sort of bogged down by the seemingly uh, complicated fashion that it's presented because we hear from so many different voices. We hear so many different uh, protocols that we should do. And a lot of it, I think we can get like shiny object syndrome, like what's happening now? What is the new thing? Should I do this thing? And I think it's tempting for us to think like, oh, this this thing is going to be the thing that like fixes everything. And when it comes down to it, the principles of nutrition, the science are always going to remain the same. And if we just focus on those and get rid of all of the noise that's out there, we can really reach our nutrition goals. So today, again, I'm going to be giving you three principles so you can begin to simplify your nutrition right now. The number one thing is to know thyself. Now, sometimes we might be presented with a way of eating and we think, or somebody tells us like, if you do this, you're going to feel a certain way, even if I tell you that. Now, what's going to typically be the barrier between doing something, between like wanting to do something and actually doing it, so feeling something about it and then actually putting in the work to do it is going to be whether it is going to be good for you. So you really have to know yourself and be honest with yourself about whether you are willing to do what it is that your nutrition goal takes. And you also have to know what sustainability and what compliance and adherence are going to look like for you. So what are your tendencies? I work with many people who have perfectionistic tendencies. So this is really common with eating where we think that in order to do this right, I have to do it perfectly. And that is, if you are there right now, I'm going to be just 100% real with you. That is what is getting in the way of your goals. You thinking that you need to be absolutely perfect in order to get to your goals, which is absolutely not the case. I would argue that you being imperfect is what is going to allow you to keep moving forward because those imperfections are going to allow consistency. Nobody can stay sustainably on a nutrition plan without any sort of wiggle room, without any sort of breathing room for error. And it's not even error. It's just like I didn't feel like it that day. Like literally that is enough. So I think looking at your tendencies along with perfectionism, another one could be impatience and wanting to get to a goal faster than is healthy. And this is all of us that might've crash dieted in the past. And we just want it to happen in the shortest amount of time possible. We want to go as hard as possible, but that never yields good results. That's going to leave you in a worse place than you started. And you're probably going to binge as a result because we know the law of physics that I talk about is that the degree to which you restrict is going to be equal 
to the degree to which you binge later. Maybe not, it might not be tomorrow, but you will binge at some point if you are restricting. When I say restricting, are you restricting overall intake and calories, which a binge then is just the physiological response to those things? Or are you restricting a macronutrient like carbohydrates, which a lot of people do? And I'm a big believer in a carb, like just we need to eat carbs. So you know, some tend- those are two tendencies that can allow us to not move forward because we stay stuck in the perfection, which is just futile because we never can get there. And then we do extreme things to make it happen faster because we're not patient enough. Another thing is your preferences. Like, what do you actually like? Is the nutrition protocol in front of you going to be something that you're actually going to do? Are you going to be happy about it? What is the thing that works for you? And what is my psychology around these foods? I do think that there is this um, sort of talk out there about like hyperpalatable foods. And I talk about these frequently. And I'm when I talk about them, I'm not saying that you should never eat them. I'm just saying that we need to have awareness around them. So when people say that you should never eat hyperpalatable foods, or they're saying you should eat them all the time. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is, okay, what are the physiological and psychological implications of eating these foods? It is likely that when I start eating them, I'm going to want a lot of them. And that just, for me, makes it harder. So I'd rather keep those foods out of my life for the most part, because I don't want to expend any extra mental bandwidth and energy by doing that. I just want to be able to eat and feel good. And typically if we are in a deficit, so eating less than we are burning so that we can lose fat, we want to make sure that the foods that we are eating are giving us the biggest bang for our buck. So if we're having a lot of processed foods and really dense, maybe fatty foods and stuff, there's nothing wrong with them. But within the context of a diet and within the context of when I say diet, I mean uh, just the way of eating within the context of that, it's going to be more advantageous for us to eat higher volume. Things like vegetables and fruits and things that are filled with water, proteins, things like that, even some starches, fats, you know, really delicious foods, but it's going to be better for us to eat those things because then we're not going to have to expend the bandwidth of like, Am I eating enough of these foods to satisfy me or can I go back for more? Again, many people believe in moderation and I do think that in a long-term eating plan, we should have moderation, but sometimes when we are in a focus time, I think that it's okay to be honest with yourself about what you need to do in terms of the types of foods that you are selecting. I know that for me, if I think of me knowing myself, I know that sugar does not work for me. I know that uh, alcohol does not work for me. These foods wreak havoc on my um, emotional health. They wreak havoc on my physical health. Like I instantly feel bloated when I eat sugar. I feel more anxious. And I have gone through many periods where like I don't eat it and then I eat it and then I don't eat it. And there are periods when I can have a little bit in my life and feel good. But at this time in my life, I just know that it doesn't make me feel awesome, even a little bit, even every day. 
I know it doesn't make me feel great. I know I'm instantly going to feel bloated and I know I'm instantly going to want more. So it doesn't matter how evolved you are on this journey. It doesn't matter how much you read. We're still going to be a human with a brain that likes reward. So sugar is a reward. We eat it. It lights up the pleasure centers of the brain. Uh, I don't want to say to the degree that cocaine does. I really think that that is a little bit of an extreme thing to think uh, because it is uh, like one is a food. Another one is an illegal drug. Uh, A lot of people say sugar should be an illegal drug, but I do think that it is um, beneficial. It would behoove us to just look at that data and look at the fact that like every time we eat it, we want more. So if I'm in a focused time where I am working out and I'm trying to reduce stress, which I'm in one of those periods right now, I have a lot going on, lots, a lot of stuff with work, a lot of stuff in my personal life, and a lot of stuff with just quarantine and uh, putting up with that. So I'm trying to reduce stress. So right now I'm really not eating a lot of processed foods or sugars because I just know they don't make me feel good and I feel so good without them. So for me, it's kind of like, it's just not worth it right now at this point in time. I will have it again, absolutely. But right now in these next several weeks, I'm just kind of like, and it's not a big deal for me to say that, that I just don't feel like eating it right now because I feel better without it. Again, for me, it's like instant bloat. And I know that about myself. For someone else, it might be that a piece of chocolate or a couple peanut butter cups are what keeps them on track. And that's great for them. But I know that for me and my sensitive body, it doesn't work that way. And it has taken many, 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 many years uh, for me to realize that and for me to honor that and say like, this is how I am. I can't be one of those people who has like cake every day and just factors it into their allotment. I'm not like that. And I want you to be honest with yourself about the foods that you are eating and if they actually align to the way that you want to feel and it is if it is worth it to keep it in, to keep them in your life. Again, there's no right answer here, which is why it is hard because you have to go back to your psychology, your preferences, your tendencies. Another thing that we might do here is compare ourselves a lot. Like I know like Instagram can be a breeding ground for like, what are they eating? And is it fine that they're eating that or whatever? Like, what is it that they're doing? And we get sort of like obsessed with like, but wait, this person can do this. Or even people you live with that maybe don't have any issues with food and they can just kind of like eat whatever or not pay attention and it's fine. And again, for many of us, it that is not the case. And it and it's okay. That's the thing. So I think we have to just honor our unique brains, our unique bodies, our unique way of being, which is sensitive, that we might be more affected. And again, this is hard because there's no right answer. It's not black and white and it changes. So I want you to just realize that By honoring yourself, you are doing yourself the biggest service that you can. And sometimes we might have periods in life where we're just like seeing, let me just see how I feel having sugar when I wake up in the morning. Let me see how I feel um, without dairy for a little bit. Sometimes we have to just see how we feel and give ourselves the space to do that before we can move forward. For me, it's been years of doing this and I'm constantly still learning and paying attention and that because we change, our brains change, our preferences change, our bodies change as we age. 
So that's the first tip is to honor thyself, know thyself. The next step is, or the next tool is to know where you want to go and what it might take to get there. So there's so many ways of eating out there right now. And I typically see like four different goals. We have fat loss, we have uh, healing your mental health around food, which is typically intuitive eating. Um, if we want to lose fat, it's typically tracking, or if you want to build muscle, that's, uh, tracking is usually involved there. Performance, so like, do you want to get stronger? Are you wanting to like increase your lifts in the gym and you have some performance goals? Or do you just kind of like want to be healthy, which is different than fat loss uh, because different things are involved in there. So typically some people might start out on an intuitive eating path thinking that that's what's going to get them to weight loss. And that is not the case. For me, intuitive eating is the place that we should get to. And if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you've seen that I've sort of evolved in my opinion about this because I used to think that intuitive eating was where we should all start because that's where I was, you know, like eight, years ago or whenever I started doing all of this stuff. And I found that for most people, they need to start with tracking if they are in a healthy brain space with food. If you have disordered eating patterns or history of eating disorders, be very honest with yourself and even work with somebody else to see if you should actually be doing that at all. Because for some people, it's just not worth it. And your focus should be intuitive eating, following the principles of nutrition, making sure you're having mostly healthy foods, but tracking is not going to be for the disordered eating person. Hard stop, period, right there. Cannot do it. Do not try to convince yourself otherwise, please. So, and this is where, that's where it gets a little bit tricky, but please be honest with yourself there. So intuitive eating is really where the goal should be after a period of tracking, because first you have to be educated about how food, about portions, you have to be educated about how foods affect you. Like what is the biofeedback that you're receiving from these different foods and and the way that you eat? You know, intuitive eating can also be a place where people can start if they're like, feeling really restricted and they want to binge all the time, maybe, and you want to just heal your mental space around food, allow you haven't eaten bread in like five years, literally, that's like some people. If you want to do that, then perhaps intuitive eating is the place to go. If you just want to give yourself permission to just start eating these things. And, you know, what typically happens is that let's say somebody hasn't eaten chocolate cake in years and they're like, I'm going to eat the whole freaking chocolate cake. And they want to normalize that cake. What might happen is that they might allow themselves to eat as much as they want they feel gross. And then they're like, wait, this actually isn't what I wanted. So we have to remember just a little tip right here that quantity does not equate to like the quality of taste. So like having five scoops of ice cream isn't going to taste better than two or one. And having like a double portion of something is not going to make it taste better. There's a lot of diminishing returns where typically the first bite always tastes the best. And then it diminishes from there. But we keep eating thinking that the that the following bites are going to taste as good as the first one in like that hope. And again, it's just having awareness around these things. And it's important to, you know, be aware of the way that foods are affecting you. So somebody might heal their relationship with food in that sense, and that's good for intuitive eating. Uh, But you cannot do intuitive eating and expect to lose weight. 
or build muscle because it's kind of like a free-for-all. So in terms of like, you can just kind of eat whatever, whenever. So be very clear about the fact that like, you might not reach a health performance or a weight loss goal if you're doing intuitive eating. Now, if you want to track and if you want to build muscle, tracking is a really good idea. And then it's important to be honest with yourself. Do I actually want to track? Is this something, yes, there's a learning curve involved. I do think that everybody can sort of get over that hump. But is this something that I actually want to do? Do I actually want to, you know, build muscle? When we talk about building muscle, when we talk about having a toned quote unquote body, that isn't how it works. Like bodies don't get toned. You lose fat and then you gain muscle through resistance training that offers the proper hormonal signal for muscle to build. It's an anabolic signal that has to happen through heavy and progressive resistance training along with adequate protein intake and recovery and stress management and all of that, do you want to eat a lot of protein? Like you are going to have to eat a lot of protein if you want to build muscle. Like I'm telling you like probably 0.8 to one gram um, of protein per pound of body weight. So it's just important for you to realize that and to be honest with yourself. Do you feel like tracking your fats? Do you feel like tracking your carbohydrates and measuring your food? It could be that you do it for a period to get accustomed to it and then you kind of get in a groove and you don't have to track anymore, in which case you'd probably go towards intuitive eating. So it's important to be honest with yourself, like, do I actually want to do this? So it's important that we can match the expectation with actual work involved and then be honest can I do this? Do I want to do this? Do I care enough to do this? Either way is fine. But I just want you to be honest with yourself about that. Same thing with performance. Typically, when we want to perform really well in the gym, meaning lifting more, whatever it is, we're probably going to have to eat more, probably going to have to have more carbohydrates, probably not going to look the way that you want to if performance is your goal. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I'm saying like we're going to have to let go of the body ideal that we want, that aesthetic, because a performance goal doesn't care about that. A performance goal just wants your body to uh, perform, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with looks, maybe for some people, and, and that's awesome, but it's not always the case. So you have to be really clear about that. If I'm going after an aesthetic goal where I'm probably in a calorie deficit, I'm probably not going to perform as much or as high. And if I want to perform, then I might not look the same that I want as I have expected to because it requires more food, more training. And that's just the reality. Same with health. If we think of us just wanting to be healthy, that's really about food quality and avoiding processed foods, having mostly whole foods. Um, Yes, having a little bit of an eye on your portion size, but you're not tracking so you're not exactly... um, cognizant of all of the intake that you're having. So again, it's like if you want to do a whole 30 or something where you're not tracking, maybe don't expect to lose fat because you are yes, eating healthy foods, but clean eating, quote unquote clean eating, paleo, whole 30, whatever, does not always equate to fat loss eating. And I used to think this, legit used to think like 10 years ago, eight years ago, that if I just ate clean foods all the time, that my body would like magically get to my goal weight. I was having literally tablespoons of coconut butter (laughs) as a snack. 
and you might be there too. And like, that's okay. But it's like, yeah, maybe that was quote unquote healthy, like I'm eating healthy, clean foods, but that is not necessarily a fat loss plan. So match your expectation with the proper plan and then be honest with yourself about what it is going to take to get there. And if you want to do it, yes, we might not want to, but it might be so valuable to us that we're willing to put in the discipline. Awesome. We might realize I don't want to put in this discipline. Awesome. Either way, cool. Just be honest and make sure that you are moving in the direction that you want to. Last thing is the principles of nutrition. Like principles of nutrition are always going to remain the same. If we want fat loss, if we want any sort of goal, first thing that we're going to, that's going to be important is adherence and compliance is what I'm doing. Am I actually going to adhere to this? Next thing is calories. Calories dictate all. I'm not saying that you should eat calories of junk. I'm just saying that calories matter and calories are very, very important as we are reaching a goal. So like intake matters, portions matter. That is going to be the number one determiner of your fat loss. The next thing is going to be macronutrient breakdown and high protein. So making sure that you're getting at least 30% of your calories from protein and the rest of uh, calories from carbohydrates and fats. If you are training, I do think that we should have about 40% carbohydrate, you know, 30 to 40% carbohydrates, 30 to 40% fat, 30% protein is where we should have our uh, macronutrients set. Each one is important. I'm not going to go into why they are important, but we do need the proper calories. We need protein. We need moderate fats and carbs. And we also need to make sure that we have good food quality, meaning that we're getting mostly whole foods. So foods that look like they're supposed to look, things that our grandparents ate, unprocessed foods. Why? Because we have vitamins and minerals from them. They have fiber. They promote digestion. They are literally medicine for the body. I am never going to stop believing in real food ever, even if I don't eat it all the time. I know the value. And I know that for sensitive people, that real food makes a huge difference. So I'm eating real foods probably you know, 95% of the time. And for me at this point, it's easy because it's just how it is. And it's, I know how it makes me feel. And the next thing is going to be nutrient timing. These are more advanced strategies that we can get into. So like maybe having your starches before or after your workouts. Next thing is going to be, and protein after your workouts. But again, these are negligible. The first things that we want to worry about are the calories and the macronutrient breakdown, making sure that we get enough protein. How many times am I going to say protein in this episode? Um, The next thing is going to be supplements. Like, should you take a supplement? I don't know. That's not what this podcast is going to be about. But I'm saying things like supplements, things like fasting, carb cycling, all of these things are not things that we need to worry about until the rest of the stuff is dialed in. Last little bonus tip that I'm going to give you is to be adaptive, not reactive. So don't box yourself into one way of eating or a label because the moment that we do that, we're going to get major anxiety when it doesn't work for us anymore. And this is something that I've gone through so many times in my life where the first time I, you know, was somebody who was a chef and in cooking school and ate everything and honestly wanted to be a pastry chef. I was obsessed with baking. I'm a Virgo. I love the precision and the exactness of all of it. I love it. 
I was eating gluten, like I would literally just have like cake for lunch and like, and I was active. So I um, was like, you know, I felt great in my body. But after that, I had a lot of digestive issues and I had IBS and I had to give up gluten. And this totally just messed my brain up for a really long time because I had a certain identity, a person who baked, a person who literally ate everything in the world to now somebody who couldn't eat something anymore and had to uh, ask questions at restaurants, couldn't share food with people, couldn't make the food or eat the food that I would partake in with with my loved ones. And that was a mindfuck, like seriously mindfuck. And I ended up having probably a little bit of a case of orthorexia, honestly, because I just became so fearful of these things and my life got totally transformed from, again, somebody who was a food lover, could go out to eat, eat anything and still maintain her body weight and all of these things to now having this big thing taken away, this food taken away and along with it, my identity. So from there, I moved into like a paleo Whole30 style eater for years and uh, that wasn't super awesome for me either. And I, I loved it. It made me feel great. It really taught me a lot, but I didn't know how to transition out of it. And this was years and years ago. And f- moving out of that to now just a normal eater, I'm still gluten-free because the gluten makes me feel absolutely terrible. But moving in from that to now just kind of eating whatever, you know, mostly real foods having that identity from like, oh, I was paleo to now eating dairy, like that should be a sign to you that something is up. Something is not right. If your identity lies in uh, a way of eating and you're literally feeling bad for eating oats or eating dairy or eating sugar, like that is not the place to be. That is not healthy. And I tell you from experience. So be adaptive, not reactive. Don't put your worth in a certain way of eating. Don't put your value in a certain way of eating. Be open to changing. Be open to your psychology changing, to your body changing, to your needs changing, your preferences, your tendencies, to you growing, all of these things. And remember, if you're out there and you're struggling, this is not black and white, which is what makes it really hard. But I know that if you honor yourself, pay attention to the principles of nutrition, pay attention to how you feel when you eat certain things, that is going to get you really, really far. And if you want a deeper dive into all of this information where I'm going to be talking about nutrition and cooking and mindset and all of this, please sign up for prep school. The link is in my Instagram bio. It's also in the show notes. I would love to have you. We start today if you're listening to this on the day that this comes out. But know that if you're struggling with food, I'm sending you a lot of love. I'm with you. I understand you. And I can't wait until I talk to you guys again next week. I promise I have some interviews coming. I've just loved the feedback that I've been getting from you guys on how you're loving these solo episodes. So I appreciate you. Know that you can reach out to me at any time. And I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.